A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Oh, Allison. Let me tell you, homie. I like, um... I like regular season games better. I'm glad it's not Sunday anymore. Yesterday was an exhausting day. I was really tired yesterday. Exhausting Really tired. Uh, And you're sick now. This man, I got hit by the cold early this afternoon. Rapid fire, and it's destroying me. It's crazy. It's crazy. I I hope I don't get it. I won't get graphic. Some of the kids have colds. But it's, it's just annoying. But it was so... Which kids have colds now? Anton. Oh, I didn't notice. Well, he's sneezing anyway. It started as, just, as a bunch of sneezing fits today, and it's turned into a, hmm. a legit cold. It, it makes sense. We've been dehydrated and tired. It's just normal stuff. You guys probably are, too. It's a whatever. We got a lot of sun yesterday, too. I think that <sighs> helps with the tiredness. <sighs> probably it does. There's this piece of... I don't think we, we didn't play Vivek, Vivek Murthy last night, did we? No, we didn't. So there's this thing that came out. I, I actually talked to uh, Mary Catherine Ham today, who used to be a big star at Fox News, one of the main people in the stable, and then was um, is just not at Fox News anymore. A lot of those, I, I think, a lot of the people who were in the stable who weren't weren't all in for Trump have been were cast out. I don't know if that's her deal, but anyway, we talked about. The WTF moment here, Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, decided over the weekend to say this. But I think in retrospect, a couple of things I think we would have perhaps approached a bit differently. I think one is just is, is a, I think, more transparent and a more um, deliberate conversation about the benefits and also downsides of some of the precautions uh, that we were taking. So for example, take school closures. Uh, many schools in the spring of 2020 uh, closed down because they were worried 
right? And you know, and I understand why that happened. We, there was this virus spreading. We didn't know fully the consequences for our children. We wanted to be safe. We wanted to protect their lives. But then there became a question of, well, when does the balance shift toward it harming kids, you know, in terms of not being in school? How does it affecting their learning, impacting their social, emotional health and well-being? And I think those conversations were, uh, if, if I had my druthers, like we would have those in a more robust way, in a more transparent way with more people at the table. So that's effing astounding to me mm-hmm. that he's saying that. You know, we should have now, in retrospect, if I had my druthers, well, whose druthers were responsible for the way we handled this thing? Imagine that we knew from the beginning. I was telling you when I worked at the uh, paper in Massachusetts. You know the answer to that. I the teachers' working, union's I, druthers. Right. I was working at the, the, the station, uh, the, the newspaper in Massachusetts, where I told you the presidents of hospitals were saying kids were coming in after harming themselves at you know, as young as the age six. Self-harm. Mm-hmm. And they, they, a lot of these places, hospitals, had no facilities for this because they weren't used to taking mental health cases. And the mental health places were filling up. This has been a crisis for over two years. We all knew. We all knew. And on this podcast, first I, then we were talking about it back then. Right. This is BS. This is, as as uh, Mary Catherine Ham said, this is retroactively going around as if they've discovered something now. Yeah. And it wasn't just us, too. I mean, like, Europe knew this. They were sending their kids to school, in most cases maskless, up until like at least age 12, because they knew that this was not impacting young children. They knew that this whole time. They knew that it was more important for kids to have normalcy and routine and structure like they normally would, and that... And that it wasn't right to let COVID disrupt that when the kids were at such low risk. But this was something that in the United States became about Trump, which meant that certain people made it their life's work to become COVID maximalists. Yep. Right. And somebody actually mentioned to me because we said yesterday on the show that like, you know, essentially that COVID was done and and people are done with COVID restrictions. And, you know, somebody texted me and said, well, there seems like there's a lot of people that aren't done. And that's true. There is a subset of people who have made being for every COVID restriction to the absolute max their new personality and they cannot let it go, right? There are people that it doesn't matter who says now and Vivek Murthy could say it and Biden could say it and Kamala could say it and Fauci could say it. Certainly, um, what's the names? Ashish Jha has said it too, oh, yeah. that we've gone, that it's time to like loosen some of this stuff. Leanna Wen has said it. I mean- a lot of these people have now said what we know to be true, which is that we need to weigh some of these risk mitigation measures against the harms that they cause and make different decisions. And the people don't believe them because their brains are just now broken because being for more COVID restrictions means being more anti-Trump. So they need to, <laughs> they need to be for the most COVID restrictions possible. Right. They're not going to feel that they're being fully anti-Trump enough unless they're locked in the basement with three masks on. Like they just can't get enough of it to prove how against Trump they are, which is absurd because Trump isn't even president anymore and hopefully won't be again. I don't know. I'm like, fine. I thank him for his service to the Republican Party and to the country and especially most especially for what he's done in the court system along with Mitch McConnell. But I am fine if he wants to live out his days taking pot shots from Truth Social. That's fine with me. I I don't need him to be president again. Right. But 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 uh, but 
also the it is sinister that they're coming around that uh Leanna Wen came around five months ago and said, Oh, by the way, the masks never worked. They were decorative. Only some work. Like then they these are lies by omission. They knew the whole time. Of course they, they knew felt the whole it was time. their job to manipulate us with lies. Right. They decided at some point that it was helpful to have people believe that masks worked and to create social pressure for people to wear them when they don't. And who knows the 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 choices it's led people to make. How many people do you know because I certainly know a bunch who have while sick or even while sick and COVID positive have gone somewhere and thought it was okay because they wore a mask in an indoor crowd or something. And they said, oh, but I have my mask on, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, Alice, it a friend of mine who I've known additional- for more than 20 years, right. my age, said this a couple of days ago, posted this on social media, Facebook. Oh, my God, all the people with no masks at CVS asking for COVID tests? Wear your mask, people. It's crazy out there. To where uh, somebody named Sarah, probably my age, says, we wear ours still all over. Somebody named Julie with a Ukrainian flag avatar says, right? Boggles my mind. Uh, uh, One person named Robin, who's probably also a little younger than me, says, I know so many people with COVID right now, clients, teams, friends. I'm never taking my mask off. I love it. Christy says... I had to buy one to travel. No symptoms or sick. Just took before business travel. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Um, Jenny says, I'm currently recovering from getting it for the second time. I've been vaccinated, boosted, and I already had it in January. But this time had me flat out. I ended up in the hospital last Friday because I couldn't breathe. But my oxygen levels are fine. It's no joke. Uh, I have been so sick. Still testing positive for eight days. On day eight. Um... Listen, but, if but, you're so sick. I said masks don't stop the spread of COVID. You can breathe easy. To which she said to me, "You are dirty," which I don't really get. <laughs> I mean, is that a come and then on? She's, I don't and then get she put it. Up, and she's a she's a nice person. Then she put up a whole bunch of her kid in a crafts class, and the only kid in the class wearing a mask doing this pottery project. It's like, what, what are we? What are you doing here? What are we doing here? How much does it take? Like, is it, does, it's going to take Leanna Wan and Fauci to tell you? They do say it, though, and they still don't believe them. Right. So I don't know what it takes, but because they're just, they're set to this setting now and the dial is stuck. They're set to max COVID restrictions and they can't turn back. Nobody has can turn back the dial, which is interesting because that's another place where Trump was sort of proved right when he said he didn't want to, like, panic people about COVID at the beginning, even though he put the travel restriction in place. But he kind of, like, downplayed it a little bit at the beginning and to not panic people. And I think it's so interesting watching how the people who were just paragons of rationality and scientific inquiry at the beginning this is just pure racism this is not a serious risk get your flu shot folks the flu is a much more serious risk don't be racist go out to an asian restaurant and show that you stand with asian people against trump's racism because there's no risk of any covid at this time and well it wasn't called covid then coronavirus or or wuhan virus in in, at this time blah 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 this isn't a serious risk da-da-da you know, parroting all the good lines that all the good publications were telling them and the WHO was telling them and the CDC was telling them, right? And then to watch those people go from that to we absolutely can't loosen any COVID restriction ever. Like, they just... 
it's so clear right. that they just whatever Trump does, they do the opposite and turn it up to eleven, and they can't like they can't turn it back. There's no rational explanation or science that can be shown to them that will lead them to go back down to normal now at this point. Right, and in a lot of these people, but they are a lot of these they people don't have group. like they're, they're like um, Vivek Murthy. He has no street wisdom that's elevated. He has no, um, he hasn't cornered the market on common sense. No. He's a doctor and public speaker who gets paid to be speak, put on a pedestal where nobody asks him questions. But I will Bill say- Gates, the same thing. Bill Gates is a, a coder. Right. And a geek and a guy who learned how to viciously work copyright laws or whatever and they invented Microsoft DOS or whatever it was in 1979. He doesn't, he's not smarter day-to-day, minute-to-minute than the average person. He's not. As a matter of fact, he's probably less intelligent, sorry, but he's got billions of dollars. My nose is running like <laughs> like water. It's not like nose stuff. This is crazy. Congratulations to everybody watching the yeah. video right now. Unfortunately, today your camera seems to be working great. It, it hasn't frozen but at listen, all. But, but these people are so arrogant. They feel that because either they're highly credentialed or they're billionaires, they feel that they have to lecture to us because we're not as good as them. We're just not as smart as them. We don't have the natural gifts. Look mm-hmm. at us. We're stupid. It wasn't until early February when I was in a meeting that experts at the foundation said, there's no way, you know, this, there's been too much uh, travel without diagnosis uh, for us to contain this. And then at that point, we didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly, kind of like flu is, although a bit different than that. So that was a pretty scary period uh, where the world didn't go on alert, including the United States, nearly as fast as it needed to. The thing is, is that we knew it was a disease with a low fatality rate that hit the elderly and fats. That was a a disease kind of like the flu is, but a little different. We knew it about 18 months ago. Oh, yeah. So he is now going to huge TED Talks and expose. Right, yeah. If you're talking about April of 2020, then that makes sense why you could be a COVID restriction maximalist. There's a reasoning behind that because we didn't know in April of 2020 what we know now. But now, you know... Ever since, essentially, well, don't even summer, say now, a year and a half ago, right? As, uh, ever since, essentially, the summer of 2020, this should have been people should have understood what this was and how we needed to handle it going forward. And and there just has been absolutely no sense of serious risk assessment right. by anyone. But we did know this, and this is a cut from um, 60 Minutes last night. According to the CDC. Hospital admissions data shows the number of teenage girls who have been suicidal has increased 50% nationwide since 2019. I thought it was normal. Sofia Jimenez was one of them. I remember crying every night. So that we knew from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That crisis, we the CDC kept subdued, right. kept silence. No, 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 no. Right now, the politicians want us to work with them. And to make sure we get people vaxxed, and Joe Biden wants to make sure that he get people vaxxed, and he has a good record in this and this. Everything else they pushed away, pushed away. Even though we killed businesses and we killed teenagers, 
It's remarkable. It's right. remarkable. And we t- talked about this at the time. And how dare they now come out and say this? How effing dare they? Their career should be ruined. These people should be ruined for doing this during the pandemic. Right. And unfortunately, not only are their careers not ruined, but there's a bunch of people whose brains are ruined that can't like ever get past this now. And uh, fortunately, though, and I will say that I do stand by what we said on the show yesterday in this to this extent that that even though there is this group of people that can't let go, I would say that it's a shrinking group and that there are more and more people. Like when I go out, I see fewer and fewer masks. I see fewer and fewer people like behaving this way. I do think that 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 sort of vast group of people that aren't on Twitter and aren't don't have like a really big dog in the fight or care about this and are just doing what they think the right thing is at any given moment in time. Like... I, I do think though that that big group of whatever ninety percent of people who don't care about what people are saying on Twitter right now that they are no longer wearing masks or doing this stuff. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, like, when have you seen a lot of masks around recently? Uh, I see them here and there. I see them here and there, but uh, but but I still. I mean, it's so interesting to see the psychology. Just had you given somebody a snapshot. <laughs> of this and and showed them just what 2022 2021 would look like people have said no we don't do what is that all about yeah and i do think that um well i mean obviously these people will still make tons of money and get great speaking engagements and lobbying gigs and all kinds of stuff like their careers won't be over i do think that and i personally think this is positive but i do think that um the credibility of the public health government bureaucracy to do things like that type of shutdown has been irreparably damaged by the last couple of years i don't think now at this point that work I I think if they tried to do now here what like Shanghai is doing where it's terrible they've halted grocery deliveries in Shanghai by right. the way for the next couple days so like I mean you're just hoping that the government will do what it's to help you not die but I I don't know the only place you're allowed to go is to leave your house to get covid tested so that's great but I I don't know like I think if they tried to do anything remotely close to that again here like I just don't think it would fly I don't think people would listen to it I don't know. I think you, after you being say- told two weeks to slow the spread about twenty five <sighs> times, I think people were done. Right? I I mean, I don't think I don't think the U.S. operates the same way as some of these other countries do, where where they'd be willing to do these types of restrictions and stuff again. Well, it's an election year, so maybe not. But I think. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there are people, like we said, there are people who are very, very broken. There are definitely people who are broken, but I think the vast majority of people are now through with COVID. But is it through with us, Alice? (laughs) I know. I know. I know. And this is, um, and you know, it's it's funny because this part of the reason this whole thing started was that the CDC was caught flat-footed and they missed it. And the FDA was flat-footed and they missed it and they bungled it at the beginning. Right. And so, in lieu of having a, a practical, actionable strategy at first, which they didn't because they weren't allowing testing by anybody else and they couldn't get the testing going, they subsequently uh, essentially saddled the rest of us with restrictions to make it look like they had a strategy. 
So we all have to do this performance crap. Right. Which, is, of course, they never really believed in, which is why they always they broke the rules themselves. Of course. Of course. I mean, and I like to imagine sometimes the alternative reality where they could have gotten Trump on board with some of these things earlier. What if they had managed to halt the illicit shipments of N95 masks out of the country in January of 2020? I think a lot of people still don't realize that that happened, that the Chinese government was paying Chinese nationals who lived in the United States to go buy N95 respirators Mm -hmm. and KN95 respirators, anything they could, like off the shelves of Home Depot and Lowe's, by the case and ship them out of the country to China while they were telling us that this thing didn't spread person to person, right? Like, you could have got Trump on board with stopping that in a second. Trump mm-hmm. loves stopping trade of things with China. That's like one of his favorite topics to be on. You could have got him on board with that. You could have got him on board with halting all travel from China in January of 2020. You could have got him on board with saying masks worked. Like, it, he was initially for masks when Fauci was saying they didn't work, and then it became a thing where everybody did the opposite of what Trump said. So it was like a thing. But it's just craziness to me, like the the way politics has warped this so much, and in particular the politics around Trump, which have been so divisive in this country because of the way the media and the left it can't mentally process anything about Trump in a normal way. Right. And, you know, we still continue to... It's still it's such a sinkhole of ridiculousness. For instance, <sighs> Dateline, Plainville, Connecticut, 2022 Plainville Hot Air Balloon Festival canceled due to pandemic. Yeah. I'm really? Going, I'm going to our town meeting this weekend, which is outside due to the pandemic. Freaking incredible. Incredible. I'm also thinking that maybe a hot air balloon is not somewhere that's really susceptible. A hot air balloon where there's a a gas-powered flame happening right there. It's a completely outdoors event. But the Plainville Hot Air Balloon Festival will not happen again again this year due to COVID-19. We're playing this game? Really? Plainville Fire Company regrets to announce that due to the pandemic and its uncertainties, we are canceling uncertainties. Out of an abundance of caution. <laughs> I got sick of those words sometime in March of 2020. Effing incredible. Incredible. We can't have our hot air balloon event. I mean, I, I, I'm i sorry. This has been, I, I really feel it's been a defining thing. It's been a defining goddamn moment about people. And it has been, been. And you know what? You know what else is a defining moment? Is like youngish, healthy men still wearing masks, etc. Like, I have a question for you. Why is it so effing important that you survive? <laughs> oh my god! I need to just in case if it one one million helps me survive more. The world needs me. It's like, <laughs> no, they Jesus. wear it for you, honey. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's what they say, but they're really—they're just scared. Grown men are afraid, afraid of something that barely risks affects them at all. It's freaking incredible. Yeah, and and it's been revealing about the government and the health bureaucracy in other ways, too. Did you see the Washington Free Beacon story that came out today? This was like an actual scoop by the Washington Free Beacon, oh, which no. is incredible. Aaron Sabaram tweeted this. Um, he's a reporter for them. Uh, Utah public health officials were warned that allocating COVID drugs based on race violated federal law, but did so anyway with the backing of the Biden administration emails and documents obtained by the Washington Free Beacon show. 
Utah's points-based system for prioritizing COVID patients, which allocated more points for being non-white than for having congestive heart failure, (laughs) troubled two law professors specializing in bioethics. They informed the doctors who designed the system in September of 2021 that it was probably illegal. The use of non-white really set off alarm bells, Tanil Brown, a professor at the University of Utah's College of Law, said in an email. The consensus among legal academics, Brown's colleague Leslie Francis added, is that a system like Utah's would violate federal law. This piece is based on materials obtained via a third-party public records request and shared with the Free Beacon. The doctors that they emailed were part of the state's crisis standards of care working group assembled by the Utah Hospital Association at the behest of the health department. When COVID surged in November of 2020, the health department asked the group to develop a system for allocating scarce therapy. So this is like the, you know, the Regeneron and the other stuff that that went to certain people more than others. And they weren't, you know, Ron DeSantis set it up so that everybody could go to these centers and get it free, et cetera, et cetera. And some states set it up as you can get it if you're not white. Such race conscious policies proliferated throughout the pandemic. Uh, Like Utah, Minnesota, and New York prioritize non-white residents for monoclonal antibodies. Vermont did the same with vaccines. Some states, including Utah and Minnesota, scrapped the policies in wake of political backlash and amid threats of legal action from nonprofits. The email suggests Utah was ground zero for many of these schemes. The FDA reviewed our Utah Restore and used it as precedent for including race and other risk factors as qualifiers, Shaw told the group in June of 2021. Minnesota used that precedent to justify its own allocation system. The Emails reflect the race-conscious consensus that has taken hold of medical bureaucracies across the country. As that consensus has consolidated at every level of government, it has emboldened public health officials to flout anti-discrimination law, which they assume won't be enforced. The gap between law and policy widened with the pandemic, which provided an emergency pretext for suspending civil rights. Non-discrimination was seen as an obstacle to crisis management. But Alice... And this is good that they've got the, as you would say, receipts on this. Uh-huh. But every single state where a public health expert or a governor said or infused the word equity along with their approach approach to vaccinate, et cetera, did the same exact thing. Of course they did. Yeah. But, and I mean, everybody knew, every legal expert knew that this could quite potentially run afoul of civil rights laws. Oh, God, yes. You can't discriminate. (laughs) You can't. Based on skin color? Right. But that's the difference between between how civil rights law has always been understood, that you have to... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Provide the same services to people regardless of race, a la Brown v. Board, right? That separate but equal isn't an excuse or any of this other stuff. I mean, like, this is a very robust uh legal principle right that, that you can't discriminate based on race that's like been tried and tested and it's out there but the new equity wisdom says that you absolutely should discriminate based on race because black people due to a variety of factors are suffering from more risk factors for COVID-19 and therefore you must make up for that by providing them with first come first choice of treatments and and medical care but that's I mean, this is something that has to be nipped in the bud right now. Like we, we Jesus. can't, we can't let that precedent stand. I hope there continue to be legal challenges yeah, against the all these laws. Runs and that, through every part of government, but in it has to be rooted out of everywhere that it's found because otherwise, you're going to have and and I mean, there's going to be more healthcare rationing coming in the future. There's going to be more. Biden's about to roll out a plan tomorrow of how he's going to solve inflation, and I guarantee you, it's going to come with a lot more hand outs for people and and the handouts that he's already had in his in his bills that he's come out with stuff for black farmers yep. stuff for black owned businesses this that this has to be stopped everywhere that it's yes. found it has to be legal challenged everywhere and people should sue these places like when uber eats did like free delivery from black owned restaurants or whatever it did or you know or i forget if it was uber <laughs> or lyft i would hate to you know blame somebody unfairly right. but but Companies did stuff like this, especially during the 2020 Black Lives Matter stuff. The intersection of that and the COVID policy and all this equity nonsense has been absolutely, it has opened up a lot of these groups and companies and levels of government to legal challenges. And hopefully, there, thanks to Trump, there are enough justices left and judges left in our system that we can that we can nip some of this stuff in the bud because this is not a legal precedent that we want to have stand is legalized discrimination based on rights. No, especially. And then we talked about this and I covered this. Jesus. In Lowell and in Hartford and other towns, you've got one of the problems with the bottlenecks of getting the uh, vaccination out, especially in Connecticut was because it was done through a lens of equity, right. you had government officials chasing down black people who were reluctant to get the shot and waiting, not giving it to everybody else who wanted the shot because right. they wanted to, through equity to do right. it. So Baker had the same thing. Remember, we were lagging terribly at the yes. beginning in our <sighs> vaccine rollout because we did it with an eye toward yes. equity. And, and Baker got some guy on to be like the go-between to the, the take the. And then eventually we caught up because all the good liberals here really wanted seventy-five shots. Oh, yeah. So they, they caught us up. They've all got like eight boosters already, but you know the. There was that initial rollout when West Virginia kicked everybody's butt because they rolled the thing out efficiently, right? right? And they didn't sit around counting up how many black people had gotten, had gotten it and making sure no white people got to the front of the line. Like, it's just incredible the way the liberal states rolled these out. And yeah, like they said in this article in the Free Beacon, Vermont uh, put that as a reason why you could get the vaccine sooner, too, is that if you're black. And then uh, by the same token, some colleges, when they did vaccine mandates, allowed black people to be exempted from the vaccine mandates because, you know, they might have 
the Tuskegee experiments might have made them more suspicious of the medical industry, so they don't want to step on their, uh, their totally justified hesitance about the medical community or whatever silly thing. I just... The insanity of all of this and what it's led to people in government saying as though this is like serious health policy has just boggled the mind on so many levels. It's 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 broken people's brains in like all new and different and interesting ways. I can tell you that it's been nonstop uh, mind blowing surprises of how crazy people will act. Yes. And which brings us to Turtle Boy who now has busted a teacher in Bill Ricca. And this is some very good sleuthing. Turtle Boy now working side by side on this one with uh, Libs of TikTok, who distributed this as well. This is a teacher in... Well, she credited him. She did, yeah. Okay. This is a teacher in... She, yeah, she retweeted some of the stuff. Teacher in Bill Ricca talking on a Zoom meeting while somebody is filming. So the, the, the audio is, you know, somebody filming a, a cell phone. So you get it, the smartphone. Mm -hmm. But talking about... Um, a kindergarten teacher, what she does with her class. Uh, last year I taught entirely remotely, which means all of the parents got to hear all of my teaching, um, which um, is very exciting. The other part is that I was teaching remote kindergarten, which is hilarious, by the way. Everyone should try it. Um, and so I did a lesson on um, white privilege, essentially. I talked about how some people are treated differently based on what they look like, and all the parents heard it. And I received some emails that were like, wow, that was a really powerful lesson. Kindergarten teachers about white privilege. Great. Um, thank you for, for starting that conversation. And then I received some emails that were like, how dare you treat my white child differently? My white like, child? Was that hard for you? Like, um, so I think some of the things we need are we need... What does that mean when she says, well, was that hard for you? Yeah, it means, yeah, I'm treating your white child differently and that's good. Right. It's I'm treating students differently based on race. And that's good because uh, back in the 1950s, black kids in in Mississippi were treated differently based on race. And so now I in Bill Ricca in 2022 need to treat your child who had nothing to do with the Bull Connor or whatever else. I need to treat that child, that five-year-old who hasn't done anything to anybody. But just how, how seething and boiling with anger and self-loathing must you be if you're a teacher, that teacher who wants to say, you effing freaking racist parents, you effing freaking racist legacy people. Oh, was that hard for you? Yeah. Wow, how does it feel? Now, I'm sure your sister... Either talking points for families because of went to kindergarten so right. you don't need to educate me about anything because i'm done with kindergarten i graduated <laughs> woohoo good for me but like you don't need to send home any materials for me to learn anything everything that my kids should be learning in kindergarten right now i should already know or you have gone way off script 
Yes, I would say that's true. <laughs> like, I'm pretty, even you. And I know that you weren't as big a school person as I was, but I would say that you should be pretty familiar with all the kindergarten curriculum that you at that point still. I nailed it. <laughs> you had it all down. So you should at this point in time, nothing that's being taught in kindergarten should require you to do homework. That's correct. That's correct. I have I got an A plus in cookies and a B minus in milk and a C plus in nap time and I'm good. That's that's I'm good. But but also like um is she a kindergarten teacher or is she a social justice um evangelist? Uh I mean what is she exactly? What is this because race privilege is pretty advanced up. It is a long and deep conversation for adults to have. Right. So a six-year-old... Well, and it's funny then that she complains too. Like, this is like a lot of burden on me to teach five-year-olds all about the weight of like race relations in America and all the history. Like, so freaking don't like i don't right. know like it's not on you that's not in the kindergarten curriculum they don't have to know the full history of like racial relations through human history and like colonization and everything else like you can skip that part and you can just teach them to freaking read but it's incredible but that's what they do now and what's worse too is that now like you brought up this mental health crisis stuff and how now that we're like two years into having a bunch of little kids showing up with all these mental health issues what the schools are doing what the school committee candidate in our town or not in our town in the town next door but in our school district who won what she said the most important issue facing our district is is the ongoing mental health challenges due to the pandemic which of course she was for all the restrictions and everything but the ongoing mental health challenges due to the pandemic which highlights the need for increased social and emotional learning uh-huh. curriculum in the schools so but, but, but i just want to say along the lines of except no premise there are no ongoing mental health challenges due to the pandemic <laughs> no the pandemic is da- the the mental the, health tra- part there are ongoing mental health challenges due to progressives government and bureaucrats those are the people the covid did nothing to kids nothing to kids little the kids like the six, the um, seven-year-old, six-year-olds in her class, COVID didn't affect them, did nothing to kids whatsoever. Well, to play devil's advocate, early on, they may have had relatives die or something. Sure, that's right. It may have whacked out granny or, or even right. killed a parent, et cetera. But to the, the kids themselves, all of the restrictions meant to ahem, protect kids only hurt them. Yeah. There was no reason for kids to even know much about this and for most adults to even know much about this. Most people, even most fatties, even most old fatties lived when they got COVID. Right. And, you know, if you look back in comparison with how swine flu was handled in this country and like granted that affected way fewer people than COVID did. But, you know, we're now at a point where we could probably handle COVID now the way we handled swine flu, which is basically... You know, well, treat people Alice, who get sick with it. But aren't we? Wave seven is coming back. They expect that the, the, the Ashish idiot said that. Ja. Uh, mm-hmm. Said that 100 million Americans this next fall could get. So, okay. So, this is, we go every year, twice a year, we've got new COVID season. Fine. Uh, 
aren't we just handling the, the normal thing? Well, and Florida's about to have COVID season now, so there's about to be and a it, whole but, but you know what? explosion the, the, of news stories about that. Of course. And, but what proves that this thing is just political again is Ashish Shah says we need $20 billion for COVID supplies or else we're not going to be ready. We've just spent a handful of trillions of dollars. <laughs> we're out of stuff already. It's remarkable. Meanwhile, all the towns, like, it's like getting clawed back in Connecticut, all the COVID money they gave them to buy little plastic shields and stuff that they ended up spending on, like, therapy dogs for children right. or whatever stupid things they came up with. There was one school district that, like, let the kids vote on what they wanted to spend the COVID money on, and they probably got ice cream sundaes or something. And, like, it's uh, the government's, like, having to claw it back because they used it for absolutely inappropriate stuff. Like, they gave all the school districts way more than they needed for stuff, and now they're whining it's just incredible like i, I uh, but the amount of stuff that was spent on covid precautions and you know the biden administration has blown this at every possible level they have screwed this up in every way anything that would have been good or helpful to do they didn't do and anything that could get in the way or abstract like to try and stop Ron DeSantis from having enough monoclonal antibodies like to turn off monoclonal antibodies that they decided weren't helpful against the current strain like whatever it is they got in the way and obstructed anything that was like useful or helping people or that local places were doing that might help and just demonized people made it about Trump made it about you know your progressive chops like they politicized this and and really you know i think it's very unfortunate for everybody that covid happened during an election year because oh, yeah. i do think that politicians politicized it more and made it more about trump than maybe they would have in an ordinary or though they probably would have acted crazy anyway but alice it is time for the chat chat because we got to get going and get our d-o-t-t-e-r right so you ready here we go and by the way if if um you guys go to burnbarrelpodcast.com, right? Mm-hmm. You can just press the little button there, and that'll record a message. It is better if you write a name or, um, a, a, like, the theme of what's happening. So if not, it's just labeled anonymous. So if you guys leave four messages in a row, we might just play them in a row like I'm about to do now. So, like, whatever. If if, if it's... um, if it's... I have an email I'd like to read, too, after oh, the chat, okay. chat. Is that okay? Or do you want yeah. to do it after? No, it's okay. It's just we're we're busy, but it's, I mean, you, you got to go soon, but that's fine. Okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll we have blow to, we have a good ten minutes. Hey, I always thought Alice was bubbly and lovely. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, thank you, Josh. Sometimes both. Sometimes both. I don't know if she's bubbly necessarily. Sometimes when she's had some bubbly, she's bubbly. <laughs> before she's not bubbly anymore. Before she's fierce. Damn. Oh, come I'm on. sorry. I didn't tell you about. My tryst with your brother. <laughs> it was a moment of weakness. You were on the air in Connecticut. What? And I was very lonely. So lonely. I loved it when he dressed up like a Power Ranger. My brother Jimmy. <sighs> Jimmy Shattuck, that does not sound like him at all. Jimmy just had a birthday, as a matter of fact. That does not sound like him at all. Although there was a time in the 90s where James and I, Jimmy and I, how do I put this delicately? We James and I Um James my but okay. There was a time in the nineties when my brother had was dating a young lady who then I began dating. With very little he had other stuff going on, so I think he was fine with it, but 
Must have been an interesting thing. For... <laughs> what a time. What a moron. I am, not him. <laughs> hey, Tom, it's your bike. Perfect bike weather. <laughs> it is perfect. It's not perfect. Oh, the bike's saying hi to you. Hi, bike. Hi, bike. It's not perfect bike weather. It was very windy today, and I had no time. And plus, I'm at I'm very fat, and people are going to say things and pull me over. It's going to be in the 80s at the end of this week. Oh, good. I can't wait to to walk and get out there. And I do since I since I did the um, uh, batting cages. That was like kind Exhilarating. of exhilarating. Well, it also constitutes kind of exercise, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. You so, are also really good. Thank you, Alice. I want to go back with you. Hey. Hey, Tom and Alice, I know you two were talking about uh, dead malls and everything. I think the deadest mall I have ever seen is um, the uh, uh, there's a mall in Columbus, Indiana, and it only has um, a sports store as their major anchor and um, a Mexican restaurant and also a um, Bath and Body Works. All right. Thanks. Bye. I used yeah. to love a Bath and Body Works. Yeah, the small that we were in. Where else could you use the Bath and Body Works credit card, Alice? Um, I don't know. Did they have the body shop? 20 years or? ago, no. What else? Bath and Body Works, you could use it Victoria's Secret and Express, oh, were they Express p- for Men. Oh, Express, I they were part of those brands. Oh, yes, they were. Is that the limited I think company? Yes, it was. Okay. That thing kept me alive socially in the early 2000s. <laughs> What's the most bizarre film each of you have seen? I think the most bizarre film I've ever seen is uh, the Gerard Depardieu film, My Father the Hero, huh. for many reasons. I haven't seen that. I saw the one with him and Andy McDowell where he's trying to get a green card. It might have been called Green Card, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Um, but I would say, uh, mo- film ever? I mean, what's that thing? Faces of Death? Guys will know this. Do you know what about Faces of Death? Mm-mm. You don't want to know. It's more of a documentary than anything. But that screwed me up at about 1986. I don't know. I went on a binge years ago and watched like almost all the Coen Brothers movies, and some yeah. of those were pretty weird. So maybe one of those. I don't know. Yeah, that's a Coen Brothers thing to be pretty weird. Um, other most bizarre. Nah, I, I, yeah, that'll do it. Tom Brokaw here. Wondering if you and Alice seen me at Buffalo Wild Wings. I had some mild buffalo wings. I waved. You didn't wave back. Is that true? Was it because I had buffalo sauce on me? No, I would wave to anybody in a Buffalo Wild Wings, believe me. Hi, Tom and Alice. This is Allison from Ohio. So I've got three things that might be too many. Feel free to cut me off. First, as an Allison, Tom sometimes calls Alice Allison or Allie. Is her real name Allison? I've never heard of an Allison who goes by Alice. Anyway, second thing. Um, I agree about The Handmaid's Tale with uh, the liberals doing more Handmaid's Tale-y things. I love that book, and I need to reread it. I've read it multiple times, but I haven't read it since the series came out. And what I remember the most was they took away currency and made it all basically digital. And they also like took away religion, which is kind of what they did during COVID. You know, they made it so you couldn't use cash, you know, not totally, but most places dropped, dropped cash. True. It was kind of weird. And then obviously people can go to church, blah, blah, blah. And then my third thing is um, I'm team Shathead all the way. Nice. Uh, I have a Shathead t-shirt. My only complaint about the t-shirt is the Shathead logo is too low. 
So especially if you're not a um, well-endowed woman, the shat head kind of gets covered up by your small endowments. (laughs) Whereas if you were larger, it would show up more. Alice, we'll be spending the remaining uh, moments of this podcast talking about women, breasts, and (laughs) how things fit. Okay. So first things first, I did actually... um, talk to Allison on Twitter Messenger as well and I'm going to be readjusting where the logo falls and send her a replacement shirt to test out for me because I um, have only tested the shirts on myself so but I'm definitely open to readjusting where the logo falls to make sure that we uh, treat all breasts equally (laughs) because breast quitty Breast quitty. Um, Yes. I like the comment about The Handmaid's Tale. I have not actually read the books. Maybe I should read them. Uh, I never did because I figured it was like a liberal thing and maybe I wouldn't like it. But if with your endorsement, maybe I would like it. I do agree with you. Everything the liberals do is projection. Everything they say that you want to do is actually like something that they want to do. So if they show you this thing and tell you that this is like what a conservative's utopia would be rest assured that's what they want and the way that they've commodified like motherhood i think absolutely fits into that finally my name is alice and not allison tom just calls me that for some reason i, I do love the why. name alice but i find very 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 ways to t- do to- i have re- time to very quickly read this email yeah, hold on. anyway um love your show my husband and i listen to it um most nights and it's it's great. So keep up the good work. Thanks. Oh, nice. Bye. Don't see, they seem like a cool couple. I love Alice. Oh, she's and there's, there's chaos in the background. That's she's very. Oh, and these are my kids crying in the background. Oh, fantastic! Perfect. We're all for it. So <laughs> I literally, totally get it. I wasn't sure if I was in the phone message or at our house. Honestly. Um, I did want to read this email quickly because this was an awesome email that we got from Kevin, who, if you remember, emailed a while ago, whose dad got him into listening to the burn barrel. Yes. Um, so he followed up. He was excited that we read his email on the podcast and he had a little bit more to add. He said he agrees that guidance counselors play a huge role in students' decisions on what direction to take post high school. I felt that due to the nature of public schools being so liberal, students, myself included, are brainwashed into thinking that in order to change the world, you must first go to school for degrees such as gender studies, liberal arts, sociology, communications. In reality, that's the opposite of what we need, which is why if one day I'm given the choice of sending my kid to public school or a voc, I'll send them to the vocational school because the world needs more hands-on futuristic thinkers like Elon Musk and less feelings thinkers like Elizabeth Warren. I personally wish I went to vocational school as a high school as opposed to public education. Me too. I wish I did too. I wanted to, but my parents thought it was like for dumb kids and they didn't let me. But I got all excited when I learned learned about their robotics program i thought it was so cool um he said i got excited to see all the new stem related toys for kids these days and it gives me huge hope for the future until i see an equal amount of steam toys as well which i remember (laughs) you talking about alice how steam is like stem but with art so that more women get grouped in with stem related fields this will only set back the field of stem as a whole on an unrelated note tom I just wanted to say that the story you shared with listeners about your dad always calling you at hours such as five or six, Mm. even on your birthday, and saying, what are you sleeping in for, really hit home to me. This is because my dad always calls me early and expects me out of bed and ready for the day by eight at the latest. In fact, I wanted to share a short story with you about that. During the pandemic, when it seemed everyone lost a job, myself included, my dad didn't use that as an excuse to let me sleep the day away. In fact... 
My dad called me every day around 7 a.m. to make sure I was out of bed and ready to tackle the day. This kind of discipline, even though I hated it at the time, instilled the discipline in me that I needed to get up every day and, as my dad would say, achieve one new goal a day and come up with one new question and answer to that question each day. Thank you again for responding to my email. Hope to hear back from you. How cool. Sounds like an extraordinary dad. That is great. I don't... Man... I think it's going to be a better dad. I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get the kids up earlier every day. But great email. That really really hit for me, Kevin. I really appreciate you you taking the time to send us that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's inspiring. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. As always, anyone for listening, if you want to email, that is burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voice message, that's at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's a red button. Leave us a voicemail there. Um, you can also always talk to us on Twitter at burnbarrelpod or at facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. If you like the show, go ahead and on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. That helps the show get in front of more listeners. Say la vie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.